Hi there, nerdlings. This is Ash. And this is Matt. And you're listening to Crime Time Nerds, a sister podcast, which is now a member of the Spilled Potion Independent Arts Collective. You can check out all the awesome things the collective is up to, as well as the other fantastically nerdy podcasts that we've partnered up with over at SpilledPotion.com. And now, nerdlings, let's grab our flashlights and join us as we venture down into the dark world of true crime together. The world around us has changed so much since the dawn of mankind. We learned how to harness the power of fire to keep ourselves warm, while darkness and the allure of the unknown fell around us. We built tools to make our everyday hunting and gathering lifestyles easier. We moved out of caves and into cities in order to provide more for ourselves and our families. Eventually, all those mysteries we once set around fires discussing were able to be explained by science. With all of our scientific knowledge, with our societal shifts and changes, with our thirst for answers and exploration, it would seem like there would be no more mysteries left for us to discuss amongst ourselves. And yet it seems that there are still tales and stories that leave us feeling alone and fearful inside. There are still great mysteries out there that we can't explain away so easily. Ones that sit with us for centuries, calling out to us, begging us to dive deep into their secrets. One such mystery lies below the clear blue waters to the southeast of us. Off the coast of Florida lies a location that has haunted travelers for centuries a place that will forever be known as the Devil's Triangle, a location where people and transports disappear without a trace, as if they had never existed in the first place. So with that, nerdlings, it's time to grab your compass and lanterns as we travel the high seas towards the coast of Florida's panhandle to that stretch of ocean known as the Bermuda Triangle. According to Britannica.com, Quote, the Bermuda Triangle is located in the Atlantic Ocean on the eastern seaboard of North America. That area of ocean has a vaguely triangle shape that starts over the coast of the Florida Panhandle, moves over to the island of Bermuda, and then the Greater Antilles, creating the infamous triangle shape. The area spans roughly 500,000 square miles of ocean, unquote. There has been lore for over a century regarding strange and abnormal events in this lethal swatch of ocean. Starting in the mid-19th century, there have been reports of ships that were found in the triangle completely abandoned, showing no signs of distress and no explanation as to what had happened to their crew. They simply vanished, as if they were never there to begin with. As our technology advanced and we moved from the sea into the air, tales began to surface of aircrafts disappearing mid-flight over the Bermuda Triangle. Stories ranged from strange lights in the skies over the lonesome stretch of ocean to compasses spinning and being unable to accurately depict directions. According to some reports, planes would seemingly disappear from radar or eyesight as if they had never been there. Rescue ships and planes would often be sent to search for the wreckage of these strange vanishings, and they too would disappear, never to be seen again. In total, it is thought that over 50 ships and over 20 airplanes have disappeared without a trace over the Devil's Triangle. With many of these vanishings, no signs of the wreckage have ever been found. These strange events have lent themselves to the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle and given it the lore that many of us know today. Theories regarding the location's mysterious disappearances 
range from more scientific explanations, such as abnormal weather patterns, magnetic anomalies, and even huge eruptions of methane gas, to that of the supernatural, such as time warps, leftover technology from the long-lost city of Atlantis, and even aliens. While it's possible that many of these theories could explain the anomalies that surround the Bermuda Triangle, at the end of the day, one thing is for certain. There have been many unexplained vanishings occurring in that general area off the coast of Florida and Bermuda for over a century. In March of 1918, a U.S. naval ship named the USS Cyclops became a casualty of the Devil's Triangle. The USS Cyclops was a 550-foot-long collier ship that held a crew of 306 people and had been sailing since 1910 as it moved coal to various locations around the world. Like many ships of her time, the USS Cyclops would be repurposed in 1917 to become a key naval asset when the United States entered World War I. She would transport troops and supply coal to other ships and outposts all over the world. Yet again in 1918, the USS Cyclops would find a new cargo to deliver. It was decided that the ship would carry manganese ore, an element used in steelmaking, which during that time was a huge boon to the ongoing war efforts. The USS Cyclops would stop in Barbados on March 4th to refuel as she made her way back home to Baltimore with her cargo and her crew, directly traveling through that dark, mysterious section of the ocean known as the Bermuda Triangle. It was only nine days into her journey home when the USS Cyclops vanished. The naval ship and veteran of the sea, as well as her crew, were never heard from again. The last message the ship sent out was simply, quote, weather fair, all well, unquote. There was no SOS sent out, which typically most ships or planes would call out if they were in distress. No signs of the ship, such as her cargo, lifeboats, preservers, etc., were ever spotted. It seemed that one moment the USS Cyclops was there, and the next she was gone, wiped from existence by the unknown forces that lay in the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle. In the weeks after her disappearance, the U.S. Navy conducted an extensive search of the area in hopes of finding some signs of the lost naval ship and her 309-person crew. There have been no answers as to what happened to the USS Cyclops over a hundred years ago. In an official statement released by the United States Navy in regards to the disappearance of the USS Cyclops, quote, The disappearance of this ship has been one of the most baffling mysteries in the annals of the Navy. All attempts to locate her having proved unsuccessful, unquote. The ship's disappearance, along with her crew, is considered the greatest non-combat loss of life in the Navy's history. Theories abound as to what happened to the massive naval ship. Some folks have posited that the USS Cyclops was sunk due to a massive tidal wave. Some theorize that the ship's cargo would have ruptured the hull, instantly sinking the massive collier ship, while others have leaned towards it being brought down by German spies or a mutiny. The most peculiar of theories is that of a giant octopus or sea monster that latched onto the ship and dragged it down into the watery depths below. While all theories are just that, theories, what remains is that 309 naval officers lost their lives that day, back in March of 1918, and their vanishing remains unsolved to this day. Despite all attempts to find the ship, 
the Bermuda Triangle has held her secrets, and just what happened to the USS Cyclops has remained unknown for the last 100 years. The USS Cyclops was not the only naval transport to disappear. Almost 30 years later in the tumultuous year of 1945, the world would see more strange vanishings occur in the infamous Bermuda Triangle. 1945 was a pinnacle year in world history. Adolf Hitler and his wife Eva Braun committed suicide in a German bunker, signaling the end to World War II. Beloved U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt died in April of that same year, leading to Harry S. Truman becoming the next U.S. President. Under Truman, the U.S. bombed the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in August of 1945, utilizing the world's first atomic bombs. 1945 would also bring about the disappearance of 14 young naval pilots off the coast of Florida. The young naval pilots left Fort Lauderdale in their five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers on a routine training mission, disappearing mid-flight. The five planes were known as Flight 19, and each TBM Avenger torpedo bomber was piloted by three naval pilots, with the exception of the lead bomber, which was only piloted by two naval pilots. Flight 19 was to conduct a three-hour training mission off Florida's coast and then return back to base at an air station in Fort Lauderdale. At 2.10 p.m. on December 5th of 1945, Flight 19 took off. The flight plan was intended to take the planes in a triangle pattern where they would leave Fort Lauderdale and fly east towards a location known as Hens and Chicken Shoals where they would do a routine bomb run. After the run, Flight 19 was supposed to head north towards Grand Bahama Island, and once there, Flight 19 was scheduled to make one more turn and head southwest back towards Fort Lauderdale. The pilots of the five bombers were all experienced naval or marine pilots, having logged over 300 flying hours each. Not only were the pilots experienced, but the lead plane for the training mission was piloted by Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, an experienced combat veteran having served in World War II. These were not amateur pilots, but were trained military and combat pilots who knew the ins and outs of their planes and had served their country bravely. Flight 19 was so named as there had been 18 previous bomber flight groups before it. Like the 18 previous flight groups, Flight 19 took off at 2.10 p.m. that day, and the first leg of their training path went off without any incident. The five planes hit their first destination of the Hen and Chicken Shoals and dropped their practice bombs and then turned north towards their next target of Grand Bahama Island. Within a few minutes of making the directional change, Lieutenant Taylor became convinced that his compass navigation was off on the plane. He began to report that Flight 19 must have gotten turned around after their last turn and that he felt they were flying in the wrong direction. To make matters worse for Flight 19, the tumultuous weather patterns of the Bahamas area kicked in and the flight was subjected to rain and strong winds, causing further confusion on Flight 19's current trajectory course. Flight 19 began to report to dispatchers that they weren't sure where they were a flight instructor who was flying off the coast of Florida received the first transmission from one of Flight 19's pilots stating, quote, I don't know where we are. We must have got lost after that last turn, unquote. The flight instructor called into flight control to notify them of the Avengers' perilous situation. He reached out to Flight 19 in hopes of giving assistance to the lost flight group. Lieutenant Taylor responded to the instructor's call of aid with a strange statement that made little sense to those listening. Lieutenant Taylor notified the now-concerned dispatchers that, quote, both my compasses are out and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida, unquote. He continued on with, quote, 
I'm over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, unquote. Lieutenant Taylor's statement struck all who were listening as strange as Flight 19 had just dropped their bombs off on Hen and Chicken Shoal only one hour before so they couldn't be near the Florida Panhandle. It just wasn't physically possible for the planes to have traveled that far that fast. It would have meant the planes had drifted 100 miles or more off course in way too short of a time frame. This is all based on the assumption that Lieutenant Taylor was correct in his assessment that the land masses he was seeing below him were the Florida Keys. Lieutenant Taylor's assumption that Flight 19 was in fact over the Florida Keys would end up leading Flight 19 even further astray. Taylor, in his confusion, took a calculated risk and decided to steer Flight 19 further northeast. The risk would not pay off and it would lead Flight 19 even further off course and away from the safety of land. One of the other pilots in Flight 19 squad was reported as stating, quote, damn it, if we would just fly west, we would get home, unquote. It was now 6 p.m. and Flight 19's whereabouts were completely unknown. Fuel was running low as the bombers had only been equipped to run a training mission, not be in the sky for over four hours, drifting further out to sea. Dispatch and the other pilots were eventually able to convince Lieutenant Taylor to change course and head west. But within a few minutes, Taylor again changed direction, this time deciding to take the planes east convinced that they hadn't gone far enough east. Flight 19's transmissions became weaker and weaker as time and fuel depleted. Eventually, the planes had drifted so far out of range that the last communications from former combat pilot Lieutenant Taylor was to give the other planes in the squadron directions on how to pull off a crash landing into the ocean. The last communication from Taylor stated, quote, All planes close up tight. We'll have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together. Unquote. Within a few minutes of this last communication, static filled the line and Flight 19 was lost to the unknowns. At 7.30 p.m., the Navy sent out a pair of PBM Flying Mariner planes in order to search for the missing Flight 19 crew. Within 20 minutes into takeoff, one of the PBMs mysteriously vanished off of radar. It, too, was never seen again. A passing ship did report seeing a large fireball in the sky roughly around the time that the PBM Mariner disappeared from radar, so it has often been thought that the search plane exploded soon after takeoff, destroying the plane and killing its 13-person crew immediately. The next day, the Navy sent out more search ships and planes to try and find the missing PBM and the missing Flight 19 squad. They returned back to Fort Lauderdale empty-handed and over 75 years later, the question still remains unanswered as to what happened to Flight 19 back on December 5th of 1945. Why had an experienced squadron of pilots become so disoriented on a routine training mission? And why have no remains of the five Avenger bomber planes or the PBM Mariner ever been found to this day? 26 men lost their lives on December 5th. The 13 young men flying the bombers of Flight 19 and the 13-man crew of the PBM Mariner all vanished without a trace. And after 75-plus years, no sign of them has ever been found. It isn't just ships and planes that go missing while traveling through the treacherous waves of the Bermuda Triangle. There have been tales of entire ship crews vanishing without a trace, leaving behind a meandering ghost ship to duck and weave amongst the waves of the Devil's Triangle. In 1881, a 210-foot white oak schooner known as Ellen Austin set sail towards New York from London. 
She was an American-based ship that had been manufactured in Maine back in 1854 and was en route to her New York destination that would take her directly through the Bermuda Triangle. While en route, the Ellen Austin found herself just north of the Sargasso Sea, which is the only sea to not have a landmass surrounding it. The sea's southwest section finds itself squarely within the midst of the Bermuda Triangle, and it was in this location that the Ellen Austin found herself meeting a ship floating aimlessly amongst the waves. Upon observation, the crew of the Ellen Austin determined that the ship seemed to be derelict. The Ellen Austin's captain and crew decided to watch the derelict ship for a few days in order to determine that there wasn't a trap being set to lure the Ellen Austin and her crew astray. After two days, the Ellen Austin's captain determined that it would be safe to send a salvage crew from the Ellen Austin over to board the derelict ship. Upon boarding the ship, the crew found that it was in fact abandoned. The crew was nowhere in sight, and the ship still had its apparent cargo, as well as the crew's rations and their personal belongings. Strangely enough, the captain's log was missing from the derelict ship. The captain of the Ellen Austin decided that this ship seemed seaworthy, and it made sense to try to tow the ship along with the Ellen Austin back to shore. He devised a plan in which he would send a salvage crew who would sail the ship alongside the Ellen Austin and the crews of both ships would sail the schooner back home to New York. What the captain hadn't accounted for was the tumultuous weather that often comes out of nowhere in this area of the Atlantic Ocean. Two days into sailing the two ships home, a large squall came over the ships, separating the Ellen Austin and the derelict ship that had been sailing behind her. After the squall had blown through, the crew of Ellen Austin realized that the derelict ship as well as its select crew members from the Ellen Austin, were no longer in sight. The ship had seemingly vanished during the squall. Several days later, as the Ellen Austin sailed forward, lookouts reported that they had spotted the ship through their spyglasses. The story states that the Ellen Austin yet again tried to obtain the derelict ship, but upon engaging with it, they noted that their crew had also seemingly vanished. At this point, Captain Baker and the crew of the Ellen Austin decided to abandon all attempts to bring the ship to shore. Yet again, the Bermuda Triangle kept her secrets, and no sign of either crew members has ever been seen since the squall that separated the Ellen Austin from the derelict ship. While the Ellen Austin has been proven to have existed, there are questions as to whether this interaction of the Ellen Austin and the derelict schooner even occurred. It's possible that this is just an old sea tale, derived from countless ghost ship tales and the constant appeals for tales of the Bermuda Triangle. But then again, there is a chance that this is perhaps a real account of yet one more mystery from the Bermuda Triangle. The vanishings within the Devil's Triangle are not limited to our past, but still occur even to this day. As recently as January of 2021, a Mako Cuddy cabin boat and its 20 passengers left the islands of Bimini on their way back to Florida in early January. The Mako never arrived back home in Florida. The Bahamian Authority alerted the Coast Guard of the disappearance of the Mako, and after searching the area for over 18 hours, the search was called off. No sign of the Mako or her 20 passengers has been found at this time. All that is known is that the boat, as well as her passengers, were traveling through that mysterious stretch of water that has sparked the fear and imaginations of generation after generation. Oh man, I never knew that there were so many people 
who lost their lives through Bermuda Triangle. And I actually didn't even come to terms with this, I guess you can say, until Nat brought this up. So I guess it just goes to show that the nickname Devil's Triangle is just very fitting for this part of the world. Mm. The ocean is just such a beautiful yet scary place. And there's actually a statistic out there somewhere that only 5% of the ocean has been explored. So my childhood fantasy of mermaids could still be a thing. Could still happen. (laughs) (laughs) We've moved on from selfies to mermaids. (laughs) But as much as a fantasy world sounds awesome... It's not all mermaids and fairies like I want it to be. (laughs) Um, So as much as I would like to believe that this is all supernatural, I don't know. It's it's really hard for me to to say. And I know that that sucks. That's not what I should say. But I don't think there's a big supernatural aspect, I guess. That's fair. Yeah. That's, yeah, the direction you're leaning is no supernatural. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a hard one. You could kind of really explain any of these mm-hmm. logically. And like you said, as it's fun to think that there's something more. But mm-hmm. for me, it's really been the theories of time travel or lost technology that's left over from Atlantis. I've always been a kind of a sucker for those tales. I, I don't know why. I just think they're really cool and kind of interesting. But the honest answer is, is those are pretty far-fetched theories and very much not scientific at all as much as I would like them to also be that way Uh, they just they're really intriguing I think when you're a kid just the idea of something exciting in science is really fun and you kind of get into it and like that's what got me like super interested in physics and just like natural sciences alone and archaeology I mean I wouldn't have any interest in any of those if I basically hadn't found like these stories and kind of gotten into this like rabbit hole of theories as to what what was going on in the Bermuda Triangle. So while I'm sure there's an actual scientific explanation for the occurrences and while it does seem like there's just some mysterious vanishings that do happen in the area, I actually think in reality there isn't an abnormal amount of vanishings that do occur in, in the area. As weird as that seems, I know they've got like a lot of history behind them of being kind of abnormal and out there, but I think a lot of that has just been Not publicity, but that's what I can think of as publicity. It's just been a lot of show about it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the actual triangle has any larger amount of disappearances than any other place in the world. Yeah. Yep. So while it would be really cool for it to Mm -hmm. be something like, I don't know, aliens, Atlantis. (laughs) I'll take Bigfoot. Uh, You know, I think at the same time, too, like, that's as much fun as they would be. It's Mm -hmm. not realistic. Yep. But it's still kind of cool because there are a lot of people who probably got interested in what's in our oceans or, you know, weird magnetic anomalies or weather anomalies because Mm -hmm. of Tales of the Bermuda Triangle. So that's kind of cool. I just think we as humans have a fascination with the unknown. And since it's basically since the beginning of time, it seems like this stretch of land has just kind of lent itself to our, I don't know, that human thirst for a mystery, like a really good tall Mm -hmm. tale. And, you know, if we're just talking about far-fetched supernatural theories, for me, it's the time rift theory, which that basically looks at the triangle as this time vortex that will suck travelers who cross through the area and deposits them from one point into another. Mm -hmm. basically lodges them across space and time. And as a giant Doctor Who fan, (laughs) I love the idea of this. Like, Mm -hmm. love this. I know this is not realistic, but it would be really cool. And, you know, it's just like one of those things that kind of 
don't know. It's just interesting. I've always liked this theory just because I think it's, I don't know, there could be some science to it. So it's not so out of left field. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really is still. As much as I'm going to try and justify this, it's still <laughs> out of left field. But, you know, one of the things, though, that does track with that is, like, it kind of would explain, like, the compass and magnetic anomalies that mm-hmm. happen in the area. But with that said, one of the things, too, I was reading in the Bermuda Triangle, it's actually the one point, I think it's the only one on Earth, that actually points in true north, which is not what anyone's used to. Everyone expects it to be what is actually magnetic north. I didn't realize there was a difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably what actually accounts for the compass anomalies that happen. While it's tracking proper north, people are looking for it to be magnetic north. Mm -hmm. So that small, slight difference. I mean, if you're in a plane or a ship, that can take you way off course. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so more than likely it's probably that than time warp. Yeah, and I mean, when you've got locals around the area, you got the old word of mouth tales yeah, just like yeah. keep going down and florida panhandles tourists I'm, I'm assuming i've never been there but i'm assuming there's a bunch of tourists that visit yeah i think so that area oh yeah there's i mean even you know i think the bermuda triangle stories lend itself to tourism yeah i want to go check it out yeah so. there's that too you don't want to lose that yeah i want to say mythology but a little bit of that you yep. know you don't want to lose that it's like people coming to see champ it's the same thing, yeah you know exactly yeah. and the locals I love talking about Champ. <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll do a Champ episode just for you. Yep. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that is, the story itself is just so interesting. And I think, you know, if something sparks your imagination, go for it. Why not in this world? You know, I think there are just some mysteries that happen, you know, some anomalies that we have, whether it's Champ or Bermuda Triangle or, I don't know. Um, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. <laughs> Maybe Bigfoot. Probably Bigfoot. I don't know. You know, I kind of want them to say mysteries for that allure. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like Oak Island. You don't really want them to find the treasure. You kind of just want to... It's the thrill. It's the thrill. Like, it's the the tall tale, if you will. Chasing the dream, you know, Mm -hmm. or chasing the story. Mm -hmm. Like, that stuff's fun. And it's... I think that if you take all the magic out of the world and all the mystery, then it's not as fun anymore. Yep. And I think it takes away from people striving to prove it wrong and even a little bit from the science because... Scientists can also be prompted to be inspired by this story on the opposite direction of it, which is trying to mitigate the false narratives or mm-hmm. the false tales. So, I don't know. You can kind of see um, both sides to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go together. So, with that, I would just say that there are some mysteries that are better off being left to the imagination. And having a concrete explanation for the Bermuda Triangle would, like I said, take away from that. I just, I think it inspires people and hopefully generations to come will go on these grand adventures trying to decipher, debunk, explore, what have you. Oh, yeah. It'll be cool. Safe adventures. Safe adventures. (laughs) Stay safe, yeah. And with that, nerdlings, we conclude our tales of the Bermuda Triangle. Join us next week for another chapter of Crime Time Nerds. And if you liked this episode or any of our others, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast subscriber. You can also hit us up on our Instagram at crimetimenerds or check our case notes out at crimetimenerds.com, where we post references and photos of all of our cases. We also have a Twitter account, which is at crimetimenerds, and an email you can reach us at, which is crimetimenerds at gmail.com. Until next time, you crime-loving nerds.